Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show, let your free flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chains. Here are your hosts, Kathy Kay and Tommy. Hey, welcome to Strictly On This Podcast with Kathy. If you want to be on the show, I'm always looking for callers to be on the show. You can send me an email at strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Um, and I get a lot of people that want to be on the show and then they like sort of think like, oh, they're not really interesting enough because they have a regular problem or they just think that they're boring. And I have to say, I think most people, if you talk to them for long enough, are pretty fucking interesting. That's why I love reality TV. People think it's scripted and shit. I'm like, I don't think so. I think real life is really crazy and ridiculous and people are over the top and insane and that's why reality tv works if you ask me and that's what my show is all about talking to like regular people about their regular problems which happen to be really interesting problems i get a lot of people from craigslist so it's a lot of sexual problems but like i said previously even if you just have like a regular problem or maybe i didn't say that previously but even if you have a regular problem i'm interested in talking to you and giving you advice because i just like helping people um uh, so you could be on my show, even with a regular problem. It doesn't have to be sort of a salacious sexual problem. And the way to get on my show is just send me an email. It's strictly anonymous podcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to find me on Facebook and send me a message that way, the way the caller who's on today did, that would be cool too. But I just don't check my Facebook page often enough. And I didn't get back to me. He had wrote me like a, a month earlier. Um, you can send me an, an email on there. My Facebook is Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Uh, and you can follow the show on Twitter at Strictly or at Strict Anonymous is the podcast Twitter. And my personal Twitter is at Cartoon Therapy. Um, today I have a guy named Guy. That's what we're calling him. And he's a transgender man. I've had transgender people on before, but they've always been females. This is a transgender guy named Guy, uh, who was born a woman who transitioned. Um, he transitioned very early and he's a full-fledged dude, except he kept his vagina. He, but he had surgery on his top and we talk all about that. He's in a relationship with a girl who is a lesbian and they've been dating for about three years and he's having relationship problems. That's why he emailed me just because he, his girlfriend's not super affectionate and she's really not into sex. And, uh, and that's an issue for Guy. Um, and we talk about that. But we also, of course, get into his whole transition, how it happened when he figured out that he wasn't really a woman and he wanted to be a guy and all that stuff, because that's like, of course, fascinating. But we also, like I said, discuss his regular relationship issues with his girl, why she doesn't like sex, you know, how that affects him and what he could do to make that better. So I'll be, I'm just going to write to the podcast and I'll be right back on with Guy. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or 
situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous. Hey, Guy, welcome to the Strictly Anonymous podcast. We're on with Kathy. How are you? I'm doing well. Are you? I'm doing good. So I just reread. You had sent me an email on Facebook. Now, I'm not sure. Were you a fan mm-hmm. of the show or were you like Googling stuff about transgender and you found my podcast? Because you're we're going to just there's a lot of stuff in your you emailed me on Facebook and there's a lot of stuff in your email on Facebook that I want to go over. But for, let's just first off talk about the fact that you're a transgender Male. I've had transgender females on before, but you're a transgender guy. Now, how did you find my um, podcast? Were you Googling, like I said, transgender stuff and you found one of those? Or were you a fan of the show? How did you find me and email so, me? So um, I like listening to uh, LGBT-related podcasts. And uh, yours came up as uh, one that was just connected uh, to the same kind of subject. So... Uh, Oh. I thought I'd give it a shot and listen to it, and I really, I really like the fact that you gave advice um, to mm-hmm. people anonymously because it's yeah. it's, it's hard to ask questions um, and get honest answers and not sacrifice your question um, for the fact you're worried about other people hearing it. Totally, um, and, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I'm a trans guy. Um, I'm 22. And uh, I'm definitely passing. I have facial hair. You know, nobody would know on the street. I transitioned in high school um, when I was younger. And uh, I had top surgery, so um, I have a male chest. But I didn't get and I don't want bottom surgery. Um, Right. You like your badge. That's what you said. You like it the way that it is. And you're dating someone who happens to be a lesbian, so she Mm -hmm. likes that too, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's kind of the unique part of our relationship. Um, she identifies as a lesbian, and um, I love that part about her uh, because that's who she is, you know, and in bed, that's what we are. Like, we both have vaginas. That's how we're having sex. That's mm-hmm. what I like. Um, but where things get complicated is uh, in the past, I had uh, I was in a really abusive relationship, um, and it was in high school when I was coming out, and um, my partner then first identified as lesbian, and then when I came out, um, when I started coming out and started wanting to, like, take testosterone and stuff, um, mm-hmm. she would guilt me into not doing it, saying, like, I don't want to date a guy, and you're not going to be a real guy, and all of these things. Um, so she bullied me for a really long time, um, so it definitely did a number on my confidence, because at one point, she broke up with me to go sleep with a quote-unquote real guy. To, to figure out her identity, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So with with my partner now, um, we've been dating for three years. It's a really healthy relationship. We're really happy. Um, but uh, the first thing is she had only been out as a lesbian um, for a little while before I started dating her. Um, and she she's 26, so there's a little bit of an age difference, but I definitely have the experience. Um, so for her... She wonders at times, you know, what it would be like to be with a, a, a whole, like, biological woman who looks like a girl. Because 
if she wants boobs, you know, she missed out by a couple of years on me. And I totally understand that. Um, but we, we both have different, uh, like levels of libido, right? Like I'm ready. If she comes in the door, uh, my clothes are like in a smoldering pile on the floor the second she came through. <laughs> Is that, do you um, think it's cause you're on testosterone or no? I've always been that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think she's, she's just the hottest thing on earth. So I, if she even gives me a look, you know, like my pants are down and I'm ready to go. Right. But she, on the other hand, just has like a lower sex drive. Um, and, and that's been fine, but as of late, you know, I would, I would prefer a sex life where we're having sex, you know, at least two times a week because that's how I show affection. You know, like I want to be able to please my partner and I like that. Yeah. That's um, a part of intimacy. You know, that's yeah. a part of a relationship for sure. Yeah. And, um, but she, however, would be totally content with like once a month and oh my God. it's not because she's not attracted to me, but that's just where she's at. And she's had her hormone levels checked, you know, um, and everything's fine. That's just kind of who she is. But I'm 22, and I'm I'm I've been hitting this this point where um, no matter what, I, I'm not going to leave her because we have a really good life together, and mm-hmm. I love her very much, mm-hmm. and we're both devoted to each other. But it makes her feel bad when I hit on her all the time, and she turns me down, and she knows that it hurts me because I'm being turned down by the person that you know, like I, I want to please and. But she can't help it if that's if she doesn't want to do anything. So we've kind of had this like frustration cycle where I want to do it and she doesn't, and she feels bad about it, and I feel bad because she doesn't. And then I start thinking like, well, maybe she wants to be with a girl. And um, yeah, and you gave and her, you things. told, you said in your email, um, you said that she, you gave her permission to be with a woman recently because she, yeah. you know you felt like maybe she was missing out, and you said, okay, you go do that, and she was like, oh, forget it, I'm over it, right? Yeah, yeah, I worked on it for, um, so I brought it up at one point because um, I realized that if she was going to be with me, she would never know what it was like to be with uh, a biological woman, which, um which, you know, is whatever, but I wanted her to make the conscious choice and know that she was making that choice, that she would be giving that up if she wanted to be with me. Because I didn't want, you know, like 10 or 20 years down the line for her to suddenly have this midlife crisis and realize that that was something she had to have in our life. Totally. Um, uh-huh. So so we kind of ended the conversation with me telling her, like, I can't say anything about it now, but maybe in 10 years, um, I will come to the point in my life where we can start talking about a way where we both consent and both know what's going on, where you can have that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and then three months, and that kind of got her through it. Um, even though we didn't have any plan that maybe 10 years from now, you'd give her a pass. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I worked really hard on it for three months because the way I thought about it was, um, when I was dating my, my past partner, um, the abusive one, she, for a long time, I knew that I needed to start taking testosterone um, mm-hmm. just to to make life worth living. If it was at a point where if I didn't transition, um, my life had no quality to it. And she said that if she would leave me if I started taking it. And right. she was my lifeline, right? Because mm-hmm. I was going through everything else. So I gave it up. And I know how torturous that was and how how wrong it is. Um, right. I see what you're saying. So you give that up. Right. So you didn't want to do to her what that other girl made you do 
to you, yeah. right? Yeah. I got it. You were totally. very empathetic. Mm-hmm. It was like you were projecting really. But by the time you told her, hey, you could go do it, she's like, I'm, I have no desire. She wasn't even into it anyway. Yeah. She doesn't even yeah, have a yeah, sex yeah. drive. Like she barely wants to have sex mm-hmm. with you once a month. So what does she really want to run around? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't yeah. worry about that. But you do say, let me ask you, I have a thousand questions for you, but let me just ask you one quick thing yeah. uh, that I, in the email mm-hmm. too. Because you said she's not a very affectionate person. When you said that, do you mean outwardly affectionate? Do you mean she's not affectionate as well? Or were you just saying affectionate, meaning she's not sexual? Like, is she also on top of not being into sex that much? Is she also not affectionate? Like, as in like holding hands and kissing and being touchy-feely? Yeah, yeah. So um, she'll show her, like, if I will be the one sitting on the couch, mm-hmm. and I'll just look at her and be like, God, you're so hot. And she'll be like in sweatpants or something. And I mean it. Mm-hmm. And her way that she shows affection, instead of flirting or anything, is like, she'll have dinner ready when I come home. Um, so she definitely does things, but she won't come out and flirt with me, or she won't say that I look good in something. And I've asked her, and she she'll... She'll be like, I think you, I thought you looked really hot on that day, but she just doesn't say it. Right. But is she, let me ask you this. Does she hold your hand? Does she, like, is she cuddly? Does she like to, is she affectionate in that way? Physically? Kind of, not really. No, not as right? affectionate as I am. Um, if I want to hold hands, she will. Mm-hmm. But... She might be a little closed off because, listen, and this is just, we'll touch more on this later because I have a million questions about your whole transgender Mm -hmm. transition and all that stuff too. But Mm -hmm. she might be like, I think 20, okay, I'm a 46-year-old woman, so I've been around Mm -hmm. the block and my hormones have been changed, right, since I'm younger to Mm -hmm. when I'm older. So I know, and sexually, you feel that in a way, you know what I mean? I I feel like I'm in perimenopause, so I feel a little bit different sexually and I always had a super intense sex drive and I was pretty open that way Mm -hmm. I will say that at 26 years old to just want to be having sex once a month I don't think is really normal I think Mm -hmm. there are a lot of women though that probably could relate to that but I think a lot of women are a little bit shut down in certain parts Mm -hmm. of themselves do you know what I mean sexually and sometimes even Mm -hmm. emotionally you know and I get the sense Mm -hmm. that maybe your girl like her issue isn't like she needs another girl or it's you. It She may have her own sort of problem of being just maybe a little detached or closed off. Or like I always say, oh, that person's got like a plug missing. You know, they're unplugged. You know, she yeah. might just need to yeah. plug in in a couple areas in her life mm-hmm. so that she could be more. And I think that if she was more affectionate and she plugged into that thing, it would bring out everything. It would bring out her sexuality. Mm-hmm. It would bring out her, you know, complimenting you. I think she's a little detached. She might have a little bit of a wall up. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah, that's totally her. Um, and we both came, we actually moved out to the West Coast from the Midwest. Mm-hmm. So I've always been, I, I, part of it, I think, is because I transitioned in a, uh, in a town where um, there weren't really many other trans people. It was kind of a first for a lot of people. So I got... Yeah, this is that's is the, that's role. a story I really want to hear about too. But anyway, yeah. go on. Um, but so so I'm always really open. So mm-hmm. with her, like if I want her to fuck me with the strap on, I will say it to her face. I will be like, "Hey, <laughs> go grab that." And she right. is not the kind of person to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it is she's very like that traditional um, conservative, not politically, but like. 
she uh, she feels embarrassed to ask for what she wants. And I've, mm-hmm. I've tried to get things out of her, and she has opened up more to me, but I, I'm always frustrated because I can never tell whether she's thinking nice things about me and is just too scared to say them, mm-hmm. or whether she's just not thinking them because if I think something, I say it. So Right, but that's like the beauty of relationships yeah. because opposites yeah. attract, and I think that they attract for a reason, and I'm so glad you started up the conversation with her about saying, like, listen, I'm not leaving her. I really love her. Like, Because mm-hmm. the stuff that you're talking about is stuff that, like, this is the reason why people get in relationships so that they can help each other mm-hmm. grow and change. I really believe that. It's not about like, oh, yeah. getting in a relationship, finding out that somebody has issues and then leaving them to go look for someone perfect because there are no fucking perfect yeah. people, right? I really believe yeah. people come into our lives so we could learn from them, right? And it's probably mm-hmm. like really perfect that you guys sort of paired up because you're like the polar opposite mm-hmm. of her, right? You're somebody who transitioned in a place where nobody was. You're 22 years old. Mm-hmm. You've done stuff that people couldn't do until they were 50. You know what I mean? Or I have people calling mm-hmm. my podcasts that are five times your agents haven't been able to have the balls to do it. You know, so you're pretty hardcore in that way in the ways that she's not, yeah. you know, and that's what you guys are going to bring to the table for each other right and I think that that's yeah. you know 10 years down the line she will probably be more open and more affectionate and more mm-hmm. sexual because she will have because of being with you be oh shit hold on one second yeah hold on okay because mm-hmm. she's have you know has been in a relationship with you that's what relationships are about mm-hmm. I feel like so you guys are well suited in that way but it just takes work you know and it will take work yeah. to open yeah. her up like that's but it is her issue it's an issue she has and it's mm-hmm. something that you know because you're so opposite that you could help her with it with it you know but i can mm-hmm. see why it's frustrating to you mm-hmm. it's hard yeah, though when um, stuff like that when it's somebody else's sort of thing you know it would be mm-hmm. you know she'd have to acknowledge it does she have like does she know she's kind of closed off like or does she just think she's the way that she is is normal and it's fine and she just doesn't want to have sex and that's just the way that it is? We've talked about it a lot. Um, so there's a lot of communication and she definitely knows that she she's not very good at showing her affection. So mm-hmm. she makes she definitely makes efforts, but it kind of goes through these cycles where um, I'll I it builds up and I try not to say anything because I'm trying not if I'm constantly nagging her you know that just makes her feel bad about it totally and she doesn't want to be affectionate so um eventually I kind of have a little conniption fit and I'll um I don't yell at her but I I start tearing up because like I've had her feelings and I explain it to her and she feels bad and then she'll be amazing for like a week and I can really tell she's making an effort Mm -hmm. and then it kind of peters off um and then I'll I'll try to give her time you know, to, um, so I'm not constantly honor about well, of it. Of course. I'll give it another week and then I, I bring it up again and then, um, she'll be angry because she's like, you didn't give me enough time. And then I'm angry because I'm like, you just forgot about it. And she'll admit that she just forgot to keep being affectionate. And yeah, listen, it's hard for, for like six months. Right. Yeah. But listen, it's hard for people to really change but people can change Mm -hmm. I believe that I think some people say like oh people don't change but people can change I've changed plenty in my Mm -hmm. life it's really hard though right it it, and a lot of people don't because they just don't want to go through what you have to go through to change and it is hard work and so you know the Mm -hmm. the it's that doesn't happen like in the movies like one day your girlfriend is just gonna like be affectionate and it's just gonna stick forever it's gonna be like what's Mm -hmm. what you say is happening I think the good news is Mm -hmm. that she tries and you notice it mm-hmm. and then 
it it stops for a little bit because you know it's not just going to mm-hmm. happen overnight you know but the fact that she's yeah. trying means a lot mm-hmm. and there's got to be a give and a take on both of your sides it's not that you have to like in situations like this it's like weird because it's like she has to sort of take your feelings into consideration but you have to also take her feelings into consideration but both of your guys mm-hmm. feelings are valid right like your feelings yeah. get yeah. hurt when she doesn't sort of tend to your needs your emotional needs mm-hmm. right but yet she yeah. can't be pushed farther than she's ready to go either, right? So where's mm-hmm. that compromise? Yeah. And that's where you guys have to sort of be. And I, like I said, the good news is, is mm-hmm. she does make an effort. And that's maybe just all she could do right now. And it would probably mm-hmm. take a couple of years of that kind of pushing an effort on your part and her part before it would become a more consistent thing. But I'm sure over time you will see that she'll probably be able to do it for longer, but it will, it's not like she forgets. It's just that she goes back to being, you know, more of who she is. You know what I mean? It's going to take time. It's like a bad habit. You know, she's so used to not Mm -hmm. being that way. You you can't expect her to just switch, but it's also like at the same time, time you can't expect you to not give a shit either you know what I mean that's what's difficult yeah yeah and part of me I I worry that or I wonder um like am I setting her up for failure is it is it fair for me to keep looking for something from her because it's hard to tell it maybe she's just not a super affectionate person and she'll never be because that's just who she are or who she is and you know and I love her being who she is. I mean, that's why I'm in love with What's her history? What's her history like with her parents? Um, Her parents divorced when she was 14. Um, She has... uh, She's one sibling out of a family of like six adopted kids. Um, She was the one functional one out of everybody. Was she adopted? Um, She was... Good news. Strictly Anonymous Podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too. Send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. That's strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com. Dot com and click on be on the show. If you have a short confession that you want to get off your back, call my confessions hotline 347-420-3579. That's 347-420-3579. You could call that number 24-7. I change all the voices on the confessions too. So you remain anonymous. The number, the website, and the email address will all be in the description. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Right. Um, and were her, her fa- was her family, amazing. were they affectionate in mm-hmm. the family or her parents affectionate? They were not, they were not physically affectionate. She kind of got um, put to the side because she was the golden child and the other children um, like went, spent a lot of time in group homes. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the focus was away from her. Um, so loving home, but there wasn't a lot of touching or anything like that. Right. So it's uncomfortable for her. It's so it's probably yeah. not not yeah. like it's not like not who she is. I think everybody has that need as human beings just to be like touched and have affection. Like it's I think it's like babies die if they don't get 
that sort of a thing when they're like yeah. really little. Everyone yeah. has that in them. But some people, if it's just mm-hmm. not given to them, they disconnect. And like I said, the plug becomes unplugged and then they just, you know, but I don't believe yeah. that. I believe that people can plug back in. I believe that she can mm-hmm. find that connection back to those parts of herself. But it would take a lot of time because, you know, it took a lot of time for her to sort of lose that connection. You know what I mean? Because her whole mm-hmm. life was spent in a family where there was a, probably a very big disconnect. You know, there was a lot of kids. They were like fostering yeah. all of that. You know what I mean? And like you said, she mm-hmm. was sort of off to the side. So you can't expect her mm-hmm. to then all of a sudden turn around and change it. But I do believe it can be worked on like for real. Like yeah. that You want to stay yeah. with this girl and you really love her, but you need more from her. I think that you should have more of a sex life after three years, just once mm-hmm. a month. I mean, it's you're not going to be able to sustain that for the next 20 years. And that's only going to yeah. get worse. You have to change that to yeah. be, get better. You guys are so young, okay? Like, now mm-hmm. is the time to be yeah. having fucking fun, right? So, you know. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. She's going to go into menopause one day and not even want to get laid. Mm-hmm. So she should be having she should be having a lot more sex now at 26. She's actually jipping herself. Like, I wish I was talking to her because mm-hmm. it really, for her own benefit, <laughs> just to be, like, mm-hmm. more of a full, like, a, a 100% person, she mm-hmm. should want to connect more to herself because she's missing out. Do you know what I mean? Sex yeah, is yeah. like sex and all the things that she sort of like keeps a distance for is like the good things in life. Right. And she is only mm-hmm. sort of half available for them. So yeah. I don't think it's wrong for you to kind of push her to sort mm-hmm. of be more than she is. I believe she probably has that. I believe all people do. I just think that, you know, mm-hmm. issues and stuff put on, upon us when we're little sort of changes those yeah. things. But I think full human beings have the potential to love sex and be affectionate and be loved and all that stuff. And, you know, she should Mm -hmm. have that more in her life, you know? Yeah. You just have to also like at the same, I mean, I'm a big believer in therapy. Okay. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you probably both Mm -hmm. need therapists separately, you know, because Mm -hmm. her thing is what she needs to work on. It's not a problem with you. It would be a problem she'd have with anybody. Mm -hmm. It's a problem she has for herself. So she just needs to talk to somebody about that. And then for you Mm -hmm. to be chasing after her and stuff like, and you know, you said something in your, in your email too about like, Oh, how could I feel like um, sort of attractive as a trans man? If nobody ever really gets that I'm trans to begin with. So I don't know if you have like a little bit of a, thing where maybe your issue is you have like low self-esteem right so you know totally right so of course you're going to attract yourself someone that's not going to give you something so you're kind of always chasing after that right so that's your Mm -hmm. thing and that's why you're chasing after her and you know that's the story that you play and so that's why you Mm -hmm. probably need a therapist too to maybe work on that stuff and I don't mean it like oh because you're so fucked up I think everybody needs a therapist every single person and you know what I mean it's just like no totally because how can we be normal as human beings we're just all fucked up by our parents um, but yeah. you know, so I think that you have to work on that so that, you know, when she doesn't, when she's just being herself and herself, who's not mm-hmm. fully whole yet and not perfect, she's 26 years old. She's not supposed yeah. to be that you're not so sort. you don't take it so personally. Do you know personally, what I mean? And maybe yeah. it doesn't bother you as much. And that's something that you need to work on yourself because that's your own, mm-hmm. your self-esteem is not going to be made better by her. You know what I mean? Your self-esteem yeah. comes yeah. from yourself. Right. So nothing that she does is going to change that feeling uh, that you have that maybe you're not 
so great or whatever it is where, you know, Mm -hmm. you because first of all, let me tell you, I most people are anonymous on my show. You emailed me on Mm -hmm. Facebook. So your Facebook profile was right there. So I looked through your pictures. And by the way, like you're you do look like a dude. Okay, but you also I could see you like you and you're very attractive as a guy. You kind of look like Justin Timberlake. (laughs) Did anyone ever tell you that? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, a couple. But I could also see you being really pretty as a woman, too. You have that kind of, you have those features, right? Like you have a, like, so you're very attractive. And I'm assuming you were attractive as a female. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never had a problem. Um, no, I could see it in your face. Making connections with people, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you look like, you look very much like a guy. So I get that people don't. Mm-hmm know that you're trans but isn't that always the goal for a transgender person like isn't that like what most transgender people want is for people not to know and to just to believe them that they're men because that's how you feel you are or is it that you want people to know that you're transgender and know that you look really good as transgender I don't understand so so the way it's kind of hard to describe so so since we moved out to the west coast right people are a lot more open with their sexuality so Mm -hmm. Out here, I get hit on by a lot of gay guys, um, which is definitely a compliment to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, attention is great, but it's really frustrating because I, to me, I know that they're hitting on me, but they're hitting on the idea of me. Their their attraction to me, in my mind, is based off of um, a false idea because they're picturing me, you know, with a dick, I I assume, because they're, they're viewing me as another biological guy. Right. And so, so what I'm lacking is I wish that I could get hit on by somebody and somehow, you know, I mean, if they see me, there's no way they're going to know that I'm trans unless I wear a sign. Right. But in the same way that if somebody's curvy, it, they want somebody to hit on them for the fact, like knowing that they're curvy and, and loving all of them. And you don't want it to be a fetish. I don't want somebody to only be attracted to me because I'm trans. But my vagina is a part of me, and I want to know that somebody sees me as the male that I am, but also sees all of me, you know, and thinks that I'm hot. Because I, I'm kind of in this, this invisible space, it feels like, because if I go to lesbian events, because I'm attracted to lesbians, mm-hmm. um, and because that's how I am in bed, I'm perceived as a straight guy um, who's just creepy, or if they know that I'm trans, they're not <laughs> right. attracted to me because... They're lesbians because they want a woman. And but you are, you know, to... yeah, you have yourself in a very weird place because you've been, ta- you were saying the word yeah. biological in the beginning, like, oh, she wants a biological woman. So you don't think you're a biological yeah. woman, but now you're saying you're not a biological man. What do you think you are biologically? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> okay, so, so I, I, I get messed up a little bit because I, I don't like saying like a real guy or a real girl. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so she wants an experience with, with a woman who um, has tits, you know, identifies I mean, that's a what woman. you're missing yeah. tits right now at this yeah. point. Right. But you're also as mm-hmm. a man, you're, you don't have the ween, like you don't have a cock, mm-hmm. like that's what you're missing. So, but what do you consider Correct. yourself? I, I don't even know. So like socially, I consider myself a guy. Right. And emotionally I'm a guy, mm-hmm. but I don't, I'm, I don't think of myself as a straight guy. Because to me, that implies that in bed, there's a dick. And I don't want one. 
and that's not how I am in bed. So the closest I've been able to come is to describe myself in bed. I, I don't even know the closest thing as a lesbian because <laughs> right. I mean, there are mm-hmm. two vaginas in bed. Right. But then, you know, I, I run into the problem of I don't look like a girl and I don't want to look like a girl, but I'm proud of my vagina. Right. But so you don't. So I, you don't want to look like a girl, but you don't want to look like a guy because you don't want you don't want to lose a vagina or you don't like want the dick. For a, I don't want a dick. You don't. I don't. Right, you like the vagina, your vagina. I like mean, you like vagina. A her, the girl's vagina yeah. too, but you like your own. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. and now when you're in bed, do you take the role of, mm. oh, I want to fuck my girlfriend and you want like to strap it on and you want to be the man in that sense? Or do you take the woman role in the bedroom as well? Like, do you switch on and off in there as well too, sort of like sexually? Mm. Well, when I was in high school, like when I when I, I transitioned when I was uh, a fr- uh, not a freshman, sophomore, right? Um, then when I was transitioning, it was definitely important to me that I was always the guy in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm older and I've gotten over um, that like complex, mm-hmm. um, we're definitely versatile. Right. But I probably lean more towards being a bottom. I my girlfriend, um, you saw a picture of her, but mm-hmm. for other people, she is a kind of like a, a tattooed chapstick lesbian um and i love that assertive side of her um that totally gets me off i love strong independent woman and um like like when i said when she gets home and i'm like ready to have sex like my clothes are on a pile on the floor Mm -hmm. i would love the idea of her to just come home and just take me right then and there um and that's when we run into a problem because she is like totally not ready for that kind of thing like she has to she likes to plan and understand what's coming. And as soon as she opens the door, I am just like, fuck me over the couch. <laughs> and she never <laughs> wants the variety of something different like that. I mean, it's always, she always has to be like sort of planned and stuff. Um, when, well, I've definitely like from when we first started dating, um, she was a virgin. She had never had sex. Um, she, Wait, she, she was 23 opened. and she had never had sex with like, has she ever had sex with a guy? Like, or just never had sex with anybody. No, she was always a lesbian. Never sex with, anybody she 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 didn't come out to herself for a long time and she had only come out publicly and to herself like a year before we met and in that time she had flirted with some people but um had never she just never like got into a relationship so she had never had sex right um, with so anybody. right so right there right so everything i said in the beginning is right she was she's yeah. a little so, late bloomer i i know people like this it, yep. it, people that are a little closed off and sort of detached or maybe mm-hmm. you know distant kind of people they tend to be that way sexually too and maybe take yeah. a lot longer to sort of get moving with losing their virginity yeah. <laughs> i know it's terrible like mm-hmm. what do i want people to lose their virginity at 14 but i just think 23 <laughs> is really old now, yeah, especially yeah. nowadays oh, i think yeah. people are much more promiscuous nowadays than when i grew up mm-hmm. um but mm-hmm. can we just go back to i'm go all over the place in this podcast and but i want to yep. know about you like you're in high yep. school as a sophomore mm-hmm. i want to know about your family yep. do they know like how does this whole coming out and transitioning happen for you like I mean to do it in the middle of sophomore high school like what was the deal like how did that go down so so to, to start kind of from the beginning um mm-hmm. my parents are both scientists right so um 
our household was not a very emotional one, not a very physically affectionate one. Um, it wasn't devoid of love. They just, um, (laughs) that's why you're with your girlfriend. You just married your mommy and daddy. (laughs) So we all do. (laughs) Uh, But they're, they're very loving, but they, um, uh, they, they, it was easy for them to take emotions out of a conversation. Yeah, um, duh. That was just like your girlfriend. So, Sorry. Okay, go yeah, on. So, so um, when I uh, when I was a freshman in high school, right when I started high school, um, I was on YouTube. Um, while I think I was looking up like videos of lesbians, um, mm-hmm. of course, and uh, mm-hmm. and I came across a video of a. Um, it said FTM, and I didn't know what that was, so I clicked it. And it was um, a trans guy, and he was he did his transition video. So it was updates about being on testosterone and things like that. And I had never heard of the word transgender. I had no idea what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents never said anything against or for gay people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my family's very Catholic, um, like church every Sunday, going to right. church, Saints Day, Holy Day, half the masses are in Latin, all that shebang. Um, right. So... But so you knew you were gay for a year. I knew I was gay at that point. Um, mm-hmm. I hadn't really told them, but I knew I liked girls probably as of like sixth grade. Had you experimented um, at all or done anything no. with anyone? No, no. Uh-uh. Okay. Um, so and... sophomore year, you're Googling or you're looking up some like stuff and you find this guy's this transgender, a female who was trans transitioned yeah. to be a guy. Right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was at the start of freshman year. Um, mm-hmm. And then I didn't say anything for a year. But when you saw that video, did, right, did it resonate with you that you were like, wow, like you didn't even know that was an option? Yeah. And then you start to think like that might be what I'm looking for? Yeah, yeah. Everything fit into place. Um, I never knew that being trans was an option. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't know what it was. I had never thought that that was possible. Mm-hmm. So... So I had always felt really awkward. Like one example was going going shopping for bras, right? Yeah, I was going to ask you because you got rid of your boobs, right? How did you feel about them? I felt like a pervert. I felt like like a child molester going to a park. Like it just felt like (laughs) I shouldn't be there. And it felt like somebody was going to look at me and chase me out. And I didn't understand those feelings because I had no words to put to them. Um, And when I looked in the mirror... I thought I was crazy. I thought I was clinically crazy and nobody had caught on yet because I would look at my body, but I had absolutely no connection to the fact that that was me. I viewed my mind as me and then my body as its own unit that I had to take care of. And it wasn't pleasant, but that's part of being a person. And what did you hate about your body? You hated your tits? Like you were like, you couldn't relate to them or something? Yeah, it w- they were just like these alien things. Um, I didn't, like, I think hate is the wrong word. They mm-hmm. just were uncomfortable. Right. It didn't feel right. Right. Yeah, it's kind of like a good descriptor of it um, mm-hmm. for girls because I this is one thing, you know, like I can, I totally get it. Like if you're on your period and um, you just feel like bloated and you just feel like you don't look good. Right. I mean, it's uh-huh. just like this general feeling of feeling gross and you feel like everybody can see like how gross you feel in reality nobody knows what's going on right I mean, and you felt like that all head. the time I felt like that all the time uh-huh. and so when I saw this video suddenly just instantly I knew that's what it was right and so so then I look at like I, I didn't even know what trans was nonetheless that you could 
do these things uh-huh. to like, take testosterone and transition. So I didn't say anything for a year because I, if there was nothing I could do to transition, then uh-huh. there was no reason to bring it up. Of course, right. So, so I figured out like all the legalities of it. If it, is it possible? How old you had to be? Um, what you had to do, and it's a long, complicated process. Mm-hmm. Um, not just for the individual, but it's really hard to get a hold of a therapist who knows how to deal with transgender people Mm -hmm. and then to find a doctor who not only will accept the reference of the therapist that you're not crazy, but also then knows and um, is knowledgeable and has a background in treating transgender patients. Right. Is a good doctor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there were, there were, all these hoops jumped through. Um, so, but you started in that time all by yourself, like w- without telling anybody, like looking into this, finding the therapist, finding the doctor. You did all of this stuff on the down low by yourself without like sort of telling anybody. I started calling around and figuring out what I would have to have because if I had it my way, my parents would never have had to known because I was just super scared that. You know, that that being that they're a Catholic family, that I would mm-hmm. be rejected, you know, mm-hmm. it's the Midwest, you just assume these things. Um, and I was a high school kid, you know, I was terrified because... You had a ton of friends. Are supposed to right, with. and you had a lot of friends, and, like, did you feel like you were living, oh, yeah. like, this secret yeah. life because, like, all your friends sort of knew mm-hmm. you as a girl, yet you were having this total inner conflict that, and you know, you're, like, sort of thinking you're not going to be, you want to trans transition out of that right but nobody mm-hmm. knew i mean like that must be a crazy secret to sort of keep for that long oh yeah you know yeah. once I mean, you knew before, that's what you wanted to do yeah before i knew i was gay um mm-hmm. like and and my parents never said anything for or against gay people i didn't even know they existed because they mm-hmm. literally treated everybody equally right so it never came up i thought i was going to die alone because mm-hmm. i wasn't attracted to guys and right. i just accepted that i was just like oh okay you know that's I'm going to be like the aunt that, you know, like never, <laughs> I think I'm never married. Yeah. yeah. And, and then I found out that being gay would be a thing. And I'm like, Oh, that's why I've always wanted to be mm-hmm. best friends with a certain girl in class. Um, right. Except I wanted to be more than best friends. I just didn't know <laughs> what I wanted. Right. Um, but, but yeah, so, so for a year I didn't tell anybody. Um, and then I tried to, I told one of my, I told my best friend and he was, um, he's a flamingly gay man who felt like a linebacker. Um, uh-huh. and, and we told each other everything and he was super cool about it. Totally understanding. Um, but, but he, I mean, we, we both didn't know what to do after that. And, um, at one point, so then I tried to open up to the, the abusive, uh, girlfriend. Um, and we oh, so I did, cause at this like time you got, so that was your first girl, girl on girl experience. That right? was my first girl. Yeah. Right. And we started dating before I transitioned. So right. we dated for about a year with me being a girl, her being a girl. And I was this out and proud, um, baby butch lesbian, like right. picture mohawk. Um, but in like high school and people, team. and you were open in high yeah. school. I mean, you were out of the closet in yeah. high school. Yep. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So, but all that time for a while, you were thinking about transitioning without telling your girlfriend, and then eventually you did tell her, and that's when she was like, "Oh, fuck that! I'm going to leave you if you start taking testosterone." Right? Yeah, yeah. So, so we ended up dating for a total of three years. The mm-hmm. first year we were as lesbians, um, and I was out and proud. Um, then I told her, like, you know, I think I'm trans, and she initially completely recoiled from that. She gave me the like, 
I'm a lesbian. I like girls. If you transition, we're not going to be together. Right. So I would kind of go through these periods of not saying anything, then saying something, then not saying something. So uh, eventually it gets to the point of um, sophomore year, um, I decide to, to buy a binder, um, mm-hmm. which for anybody who doesn't know, a binder is something that looks kind of like a, um, like a wife beater tank top, and it's a slick elastic mesh. So you pull it on like a tank top, but it, it basically crushes your boobs flat. Oh, um, like an oh, extreme really? sports bra. They're really painful to wear. Um, uh-huh. They're bad to wear because it, it, it's squeezing your lung. Uh-huh. Um, but you do it. I, I got it because if it got to the point where if I wasn't able to hide the fact that I had boobs, which I couldn't because I had like double D's. Oh, um, wow. Really? But if, if, I, if I couldn't hide them anyway, right. then I wouldn't have been able to leave the house because I would have just felt so sick that I couldn't. So... So I send away this like money order. Um, I go- I just Googled it. I'm looking at them. So go on. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, so, so I sent money away through the mail because I still haven't sent anything to my parents. Um, and I get a binder in the mail or in the mail and um, I wore it. And it, it basically took me down from double D's to, I mean, it squishes your boobs flat. It kind of gives you this uniboob thing. But right. it helps. If I was wearing like a, a button-up shirt, like or a kind of loose sweatshirt or a hoodie, uh-huh. you would no longer know that I had boobs, which wow. was great for me, right? Because instantly, like confidence boost. I felt so much better about myself, and they knew that that was like a step in the right direction, right? Because that me—that's the thing that made you actually feel better. So you had to know at that yeah. point, like, oh, I gotta oh, do yeah. something about this because this is what was oh, missing yeah. or it needs to be missing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It right. totally confirmed everything. Mm-hmm. And then my my mom is, she's a scientist, super smart lady, instantly. I thought I could hide a binder. That was nonsense. I don't know why I ever thought that. Double, like, people notice when double D's are gone. Uh, yeah, right. Um, and and uh, and she asks me, she goes, Ish. we were in the car, and she says, so are you going to start transitioning now? And I hadn't said anything about being transgender. And she totally scared me. I was terrified to put on the spot. And I made some lame excuse about like, oh, my boobs are just so big. When I run during gym, it hurts for them to bounce up and down. Mm-hmm. And, right. And I mean, which, that's a good that's does. a good thing but, to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I totally was a wasn't, good try. wasn't ready to deal with it. Right. So, um, so over, but but my parents aren't going to be taken for a fool. Um, bless their hearts. You know, they they started reading books about having a trans kid, and I was really embarrassed about it. Because they would try to come to me and ask me these questions, um, and they were trying to be supportive. But what they would say is something like, "Do your breasts make you feel uncomfortable?" Which no fourteen or fifteen year old ever wants to hear their parents say. It's as bad as the sex talk. You just try to do anything you can to just get out of the room as fast as you can. Right. Um, so, uh, so we couldn't really commute or communicate anything to each other, and I didn't know if they were supportive. And they didn't know how to be supportive. Um, so eventually, um, I told them, like, it, it, it started getting to the point. So, oh, it should know, um, in high school, um, at a certain point, I started to self-harm. Um, so mm-hmm. I was, like, I was cutting myself. And, and not a little scratch. Like, I'm talking, like, a razor blade. I should have gotten stitches. Oh, God. Um, 
but it, it was bad. And and looking back, the reason why I did that is not because I wanted to die. Mm-hmm. Because if I wanted to kill myself, you know, it, it's easy to figure out how. Totally. If I would, I had such bad anxiety mm-hmm. that I couldn't get my mind to slow down enough to even think unless I did that. Because if you, if you hurt yourself, if your body's hurt, you know, it releases, um, it releases all the feel good chemicals. And I was in a way self-treating my anxiety because uh-huh. then my mind would slow down and I could handle what was going on. Right. So um, it was just, it was like an anchor for you. I'm like a picker yeah, and I yeah. sometimes will it mutilate a, myself to yeah. just when I'm stressed out, you know, I'll pick a something mm-hmm. like until it bleeds and like that pain is a focus. It's like a weird thing. I've Googled it and yeah, I'm like, oh my God, exactly. it's just like, yeah. So I totally understand. Yeah. It wasn't as hard. I don't have it as hardcore as that, but that's what all that is really about. And I totally yeah, get it. It, yeah, it does become just, like an anchor when your mind is just too mm-hmm. crazy looped into something that is like t- too much to handle. Yeah, yeah, and um, I mean, it it went on for a while because I hit it because I it was what I needed and to get through things, and I was scared that if somebody found out, you know, they would be an adult about it, and they would tell my parents, and then I would have to stop, and then I would have nothing to slow down my mind from racing. And what so, were you racing um, about? Was it about this whole thing about to transition or not to? Was it that your relationship was sort of suffering at the time? Because she, cause it seems like people were pretty positive like it seems like you had not such a bad time I mean here you are like you're only a sophomore in high school and you're already like a full-fledged lesbian out and about Mm -hmm. in school everyone's accepting you have a relationship you start hiding your tits your parents know about it right everyone at school Mm -hmm. is obviously accepting it so like what was like that massive stress that was going on was it just your own sort of identity crisis that you were going on within yourself because it seems like everyone else was pretty accepting of what was going down right so so a lot of it was due to um, my partner and a lot of it was due to um, me being scared Mm -hmm. of of what people might do Um, right there's so so there's a a famous trans guy um, called Brandon Tina Mm-hmm. And um, they made a video about him, Boys Don't Cry. Um, uh-huh. It's a really graphic video, but it's a true one. And that happened in a small town, like 45 minutes away from where I was growing up. Right. And um, basically, some guys find out that he is not a biological male. They raped him and then murdered him. Right. And his grave was in the same town that I was. Mm-hmm. So it was, and it, it only had happened like 10 years prior. Right. To um, me being in high school. So I was terrified that something like that could happen Mm -hmm. Um, because there are definitely a lot of conservative people around. And it only takes, you know, one angry person to totally to make turn everything upside down. And then I had um, my partner uh, in the background uh, at the time. She would say things like um, she was manipulating me and I didn't know it. Mm -hmm. She would say, like, um, you're lucky that you found anybody because nobody else would accept you. Nobody would date you. Um, she would say little things like that. And at the time it sounded sweet because I was like, Oh my God, I found the person who wants me out of this <laughs> whole world of people who <laughs> never want anybody. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it was totally abusive. And then mm-hmm. when I would try to call her out on it and leave her, um, she would do something like one time she grabbed one of my binders, mm-hmm. which are, were the only things that allowed me to leave the house. Um, right. I mean, mentally there was no way I could have done it without them. And she grabbed a pair of scissors and said, 
say you love me more than you love these binders. Oh, my God. And, Very dramatic. And I just shut down. I, right. I couldn't say anything because I, I just totally shut down emotionally, and I just had no idea what to say. Um, and she took the scissors to my binder, took the scissors to my binder, and I just started melting down. And um, it, my parents were in the house while this was happening. It was just in a room, you know, mm-hmm. closed door downstairs. So they had no idea. And my dad heard a noise and came in and, um, and was like, what's going on? And stopped it um, and, and kind of saved me from it. But, but she would like kind of cow me into, she would scare me into, um, not, into doing being my, uh, not being myself. Because right. Because mm-hmm. she, she was always reinforcing these fears of like, that could happen to you. That's happening all over the place. I'm the one who accepts you. Other people won't accept you. Right. She um, obviously wanted to keep things status quo. Probably she really oh, liked yeah. you. She yeah. want, She was a lesbian. Mm-hmm. She probably liked your double Ds, right, as a lesbian. Mm-hmm. What, yeah. What, oh, what, yeah. Does she really want you to switch and transgender over? She didn't like dudes. You kind of, like, and I think when you're so young like that, like, mm-hmm. you know, nobody really acts properly when shit goes down mm-hmm. like bad. I mean, who knows how to act when you're 14 years old or whatever age you are. Yeah. I was like a vicious yeah. cunt when I was that age. I was manipulative. <laughs> like I was really mm-hmm. like people, the shit people would say. But, you know, you can't really define somebody by that. So you, she was playing head games with you. She was controlling, yep. you know, and she because she's young and she doesn't know how to act. Mm-hmm. And she's like losing, you know, what you were threatening to do was basically leave the relationship. Like, I know that in your mind, you mm-hmm. thought, oh, she should stay with you. But, like, how could she stay with you if she's a lesbian, right? And you say you want to be yeah, a guy, yeah. right? Like, you have to understand mm-hmm. her point, too. But you guys are oh, just yeah. both yeah. super young. So, yeah, she was playing a total yeah, head, yeah. head trip on you. And that was affecting you mm-hmm. because you're young, too. And you're not smart enough to really know what's going down. So it's, like, affecting mm-hmm. your self-esteem, which I totally get. And that's just, like, young love, right? <laughs> and yeah, you're cutting yeah. yourself like a crazy person. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? and, um, and she came from a... Um, a bad household. Her her house was abusive, so mm-hmm. I I always I, I took the role of being her protector. Right? Um, she right. would do things like if we were having a fight, she would get out of her car, leave it in the middle of the road, and just start walking down the street because right. she was so angry. She like couldn't handle it. So I would always have to like go wrestle the keys from her to get her car out of the road because if the police became involved, then she would be taken home. Her parents would be notified, and then. Um, it would happen right she would get it right, so right more I, abuse yeah so and, and because i wanted to be the guy you know i just assumed that like or i would say like i can take her like she would slap me or hit me and leave a bruise and i'd be like it's nothing i'm a guy like this doesn't like right so why would she want to lose you so whatever right so think about like what you were doing for her who you became for her and then you were threatening not threatening but probably to her yeah. it was a threat when you started to say oh, you yeah, want to totally. do testosterone and stuff, because that was like, mm-hmm. she saw the writing on the wall. You were going to abandon her. Mm-hmm. That's really what that yeah. was for her. So, you know, I get why she acted a little nutty and crazy, but you had to do what you had to do. And so eventually how did you, mm-hmm. you just got on to testosterone and decided to like have the balls to just like do it and transition and let everyone know and, you know, sort of, let it all happen yeah. and see where the chips yeah. fell or whatever this thing is. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, so with the, the cutting, um, I, it got to a point where, um, like one day there was some blood on my jeans and I had this teacher that I was close with at school and she noticed and, and she made me show her and she goes, 
um, like I'll give you two options. You can either call your parents and tell them, or I can call and tell them for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, so so of course I wasn't going to call my parents because I didn't want anybody to know. Right. And she calls them and they're notified and they find out and that's kind of what started the conversation because they thought I wanted to kill myself and I had to say no and. I was saying, like, this is just what I have to do to handle how I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I like, my thoughts are racing. And they're like, why are your thoughts racing? And it's because, and I was like, I don't, because if I can't transition, then there is, there is no, I have no desire to live. Um, or I have no desire, no, no, I don't get any enjoyment out of life. So they say, okay, so they, um, they set up an appointment. I told them uh, that, so in order to start testosterone in, um, in the Midwestern state, uh, the one I, I was in Nebraska, um, you have to go to a gender specialist or a therapist that specializes in gender issues for three months or an entire year. Right. Um, three months if you're an adult, an entire year if, I'm, if you're a minor, which uh-huh. I was. Right. Um, and that is for them to certify that you don't have schizophrenia. Or what they're really looking for is borderline personality disorder. Right. So they want to make sure, you know, you don't have a secret personality that mm-hmm. wants to take testosterone and then, God forbid, they let you do it and it ruins the life for everybody else. Yeah. Um, so, so I tell my parents, I'm like, in order for me to get testosterone, this is where I have to start. And they're like, okay, we don't know if this is a phase or not. So go to a therapist. Like, it can only do good things. Um, so I went and, and I started figuring out who I was and what I wanted. Um, the therapist talked to me a lot, um, told me I was in an abusive relationship, but for another like year, I refused to see it as that, um, because I was like, Oh, well, she comes from a bad home. You know, she, she right. this is what she knows. Um, so junior year, um, was the year I started testosterone cause I finally completed my year of therapy and they, they certified I wasn't crazy. Um, I had to call around. I ended up having to go to Planned Parenthood because there was no doctor in the city that um, knew enough about trans patients to be willing to give a minor steroid uh-huh. because testosterone, um, the testosterone you take to transition is literally it's just a, um, a synthesized version of the, the regular testosterone that is in a guy's body. But it's scary because it comes in a vial and you have to shoot it in your leg with a needle yeah. um, and it's a controlled substance. Mm-hmm. So... So my parents were super scared and I called a bunch of doctors and they would say, yes, we'll take you. And I would get my hopes up um, because the only reason I was holding on and making it through high school was the hope that I would get testosterone someday. Right. Because if I knew that I couldn't get testosterone, I would have killed myself because there was, there would have been no point. So um, long story short, eventually I get started on T um, and junior year, I start taking testosterone, so my voice changes, um, my voice is cracking, all that stuff. Um, and then spring break of my senior year, um, my parents actually paid for me to have top surgery, um, which was amazing. Um, we found a doctor that would do it. Insurance wouldn't cover it, of course. But um, with my binders, it had gotten to the point. Since I had a big chest, I was wearing two at one time, which is a big Mm -hmm. no-no because it restricts the blood flow so much that I would get like blue lips in class and start passing out. um, Oh, my God. Because you forget to breathe. Just to push them down. Okay. Yeah, yeah. um, And it was carrying muscles in my back. Wow. Because I was wearing them anytime I was out of the house. 
every day. Your your body is meant to do that, especially a growing body. Right. Um, and and my parents knew that they they knew that it was it was hurting their kid, and it was obviously not a phase. And um, but that was what I needed in my life to be able to be a happy and productive person. Right. So um, so I got top surgery, which was amazing. Um, and yeah, so so that was kind of my transition in high school, and I ended up um, I actually had my hysterectomy. Um, Oh, they do after that? I graduated high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm happy with my vag, but I didn't want any female reproductive organ because I don't want estrogen on my body, right? So it's actually healthier to um, have your cervix and ovaries removed because there's some concern that if you're on testosterone for a long time, mm-hmm. um, that you can it can raise your risk of uh ovarian cancer. Right, right, right. I get it. No, that makes Different sense. Because like I, yeah. I was thinking, oh my God, they take that out, then you're going to go into menopause. But you don't get that because the, you're supplementing with the male hormone. So it's not like you're yeah, a female correct. losing female hormones and you have no hormones left. You're nope. you're taking the female hormones out. So you take all, right? Yep. And so you're there, but you're putting in the testosterone. So then that's why you get the hair on mm-hmm. your face and you get the manly voice yep. and, you, and you stay a man and then you're not like lacking hormones really. Correct. Yeah. So, so I'm lucky because I got to skip out on periods as soon as I started testosterone. Right. Um, and and I got to skip menopause because yeah, that'll I was never on happen. Testosterone. Right. Um, but I did get a really hairy butt, which is just gross, no matter who you are. But wait a second. Does your badge get wet when you get horny? Like, what happens? Yeah. Yeah. No. Still, totally does. Um, right. I'm, that's because that's testosterone, right? Like that happens through testosterone. I think in a woman's body too, even as well. But not. It's not just estrogen, right? I mean, women have testosterone, and everybody has both in them right everybody I mean, has a, both right yeah. so it's yep. not like oh you just because you don't have estrogen you don't your feet mm-hmm. your vagina doesn't work totally properly like your vagina can yeah. work without any estrogen and some testo- and some testosterone i'm assuming yeah yeah so so it kind of gets a little um technical because I, i'm not a doctor but uh mm-hmm. you can risk when you're on testosterone it can definitely make it easier for you to become aroused but the estrogen is what actually lubricates your vagina. Right. That's, that's why, why I asked if you when got women wet. Right. Hit menopause, they yeah, they, they might need lube more because it hurts to have sex. Um, I'm just just a mess. That's mo- you know, just me and I get turned on at the the flip of a switch. And I, I've always been that way, but testosterone definitely didn't make that go away. <laughs> right. So you still I mean, get sure lubricated. Oh, yeah. Even yeah. without the estrogen. That's what I was saying. Mm-hmm. Right. So, OK, yep. right. That's interesting. Um, so so people accepted it. You, though, I'm assuming. I mean, and you transitioned and your parents were cool with it. That girlfriend, I guess you broke up with her. People in your high yeah. school were OK with it. Yeah, um, I was really popular in high school. And luckily in the Midwest, um, it's not the way it is out here in the West Coast. But if people have an issue with you, for the most part, they just don't say anything. Um, oh really? <laughs> I mean, for whatever reason, yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's, it's sweep it under the if rug. You don't or agree they with just, somebody. You right. just don't talk about it. You you avoid it. So, oh, interesting. Um, I was I was popular. Everybody really liked me. I didn't hide the fact that I was trans. So if people had questions, and that's you know where a lot of the ignorance comes from from kids. They just don't know. So they ask an insensitive question because they don't know any better. So 
if somebody said something that was offensive instead of like yelling at them or not saying anything, mm-hmm. I would say I was just upfront about it and I answer their question. So, um, I was really fortunate in that way. Um, and I, I had a teacher who supported me and the school system didn't know what to do with me, but, um, they wanted to support their students. So when I was able to articulate what I needed, like I needed to change in the coaches, um, office, they had like a little locker room in the back room for, um, for gym because I, I wouldn't change in the girls locker room because I looked like a guy and I would scare girls and I couldn't change in the guys locker room because I don't want to get anywhere close to naked around other guys. Right. Because I don't have a dick and I don't want one. Right. Um, so, so no, I was very fortunate. Um, my community for the most part was really accepting. Nobody ever tried to pick a fight with me. Um, or anything like that, but I didn't, I didn't hide from anything. Um, no, I know that's why I, mean, I, I never like, backed down. So, yeah, I mean, it takes a lot of courage to do what you did at your age. And, you know, especially with all the fear that you have because of the stuff that went down and the stigma attached to people and, you know, what has happened yeah. to other people that have done it. But I mean, you know, your problems are like, it's like you're a transgender person. And I remember thinking this when you first emailed me, what's so interesting about your sort of situation is you're a transgender person, but your issues have nothing to do with that. Your issues are just regular Correct. relationship issues. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You, you, yeah. And you would think it would be the opposite, right? Like maybe your relationship mm-hmm. would be yeah. fine, but you would have all this conflict with being transgender and being gay. And like, I, you know, you sound a little confused because you're not a biological woman, but you're not a biological man. Yeah. And you don't know what you want people yeah. to accept you as a man. But you're not really a woman. I don't even know you. We got into that a little yeah, earlier, yeah. and you can't even figure uh, that out. But yet, really, yeah, your yeah. problem—you know—you pretty much have that down, okay. And at such a young mm-hmm. age, I can't even believe it. You're 22. You have your whole life ahead of you, and you've done the bravest mm-hmm. thing and transitioned and all that stuff. And you're good to go. You're who you are now. You just got to do regular yep. life shit, which is bad enough. Okay. <laughs> so you're just lucky you yeah. got that other stuff, yeah. which is just this kind of stuff where you have this girl that you really love. That is your opposite. That is exactly mm-hmm. like your parents. That's withholding <laughs> in you and playing that story to you that was told to you by your parents you know that's what we do we had every mm-hmm. story that we we learned when we were younger we go out yeah. and we find people that will teach us that same story until we have the voice or the courage to speak up and say no I want more I need I deserve more and that's what you're trying to do with her like you're saying I want more I need more that's like what yeah. you wanted to tell your parents I talked about this a long time ago on one of my podcasts there's this guy um, what the fuck is his name he's like this great relationship oh Har- harvey harville hendrix i mm-hmm. once played a clip of what he says about relationships and it's so true but really what the whole gist is and what he believes is is that we meet these people that will specifically give us the same sort of experience that our parents gave us but and he says that what happens mm-hmm. most of the time when we find out that people are like our parents we're like oh fuck you like you know say in your situation <laughs> you'd be like oh fuck you you're cold and you're dismissive and I need more than that and you're just like my parents so mm-hmm. I'm gonna go find somebody that will give that to me but what he would say what Harvard would say is that you're never gonna find you're never gonna be attracted you might find people that would give you more but you're never gonna be attracted to those people we're always gonna be yeah. super attractive 
attracted sexually and drawn to mm-hmm. to the people that are going to play out that same scenario because the only way we fix that scenario is to play it out with somebody else and to do it and the way yeah. that you actually can fix it and what he does with couples and what he thinks is really great is that he brings couples together or like when they get to the point where like you're at in your relationship right where she's pushing your dysfunctional mm-hmm. buttons and you're like what the fuck mm-hmm. he says to you guys if you guys came in as a couple or what his books would say is that like if your girlfriend could understand that like what you're asking from her is stuff that your parents didn't give you and that it would be very healing for you if she gave it to you right so that's why she should want to give it to you right because she could actually Mm -hmm. heal those wounds by giving it to you and since she's not your parent she should have less of a problem doing that for you and then and Mm -hmm. vice versa you know whatever it is that you're pushing her dysfunctional buttons and i'm sure there's something that you're playing out for her Mm -hmm. if whatever she's sort of saying to you that she needs or she wants instead of getting angry at her and pushing her away like if you just gave her that like that's how people heal and that's what his whole thing is about do you understand so it's just like somehow if you could get your girl to give you that stuff that you didn't get probably from your parents, that's why you really need mm-hmm. it from her, that would be very healing from you. So, But you have to give her time because people can't just change, you know? She might have her own yeah. dysfunction of why she can't give that to you, but that's the problem that couples face. But that's the stuff that you really should try to work out because most of the time what Harva will say and what I believe is you guys could leave each other and you said you're not going to but what people will think is like oh I'll just leave this person and find someone better but you'll wind yeah. up being attracted to somebody that's exactly the same way do you know what I mean we tend yeah. to keep playing yeah. out the same fucking story okay I have a book that sells mm. on Amazon it's the same <laughs> shit my story too mm. we all have that thing you know so if you left her you just find another girl that's gonna do the mm. same thing that's gonna be a little withholding of um, affection Mm -hmm. and of stuff like that because, you know, of your scientific parents. (laughs) That's just, this is the way that it goes, you know? Um, And you're going to have to work on that probably most of your life. Um, And, but you should work on it. And it is Mm -hmm. good that you bring it up to her and you talk about it to her. But I, like I said, as well, you also have to sort of, learn to maybe um, be a more whole person without sort of needing that so much, right? There has to be like yeah. a sort of a balance. Um, yeah. So that you're not so super needy because what my therapist would say is there's like childlike like feelings and like adult feelings. Like as an adult, you probably yeah. don't need as much of the stuff that you think that you do um, mm-hmm. because sometimes when she's pushing those buttons, you go into like a child sort of place and you think that you're more needy than you really are. Do you know what I mean? But as an adult, you yeah. might not need as much as you yeah. really sort of act like yeah, you do totally. when you start crying. You know, you don't even have estrogen mm-hmm. and you're fucking crying because she's not telling you you look good in a T-shirt or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And you don't yeah. even have PMS, right? That's like, you yeah, know, correct. that's like she's pushing your buttons and making you feel like a bait, like your parents made you feel, you know? And that's mm-hmm. when you have to remember, like, I'm not a fucking five-year-old that needs that much shit. You know, you're an adult and, you know, you sort of got it together and you're not that needy. And there's just that balance. I don't know. Am I making any sense? Yeah. 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 No, it's really good advice because I was, I was jumping to this point where I was like, okay, um, if, if she just has a low sex drive 
Because in her world, if I say I am not happy because we're not having regular sex, and and if she feels that that's just how she is, she would just break up with me because she believes she kind of prescribes that you know there's a perfect person out there for you. And I'm on the the side who's like we can always work and make anything. Uh, we can figure everything out if we just work hard enough. Right. Um, which is the kind of like opposite spectrum, you know, of La La Land. Right, exactly. Um, Somewhere in the middle is the truth. So, whereas, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was I was torturing myself because I'm like, I'm, I'm a monogamous person. But I was thinking maybe like some sort of, not an open relationship because I'm not looking for romance, but... I was having, I'm having all these like sexual feelings. Like I want to have sex and I'm a 22 year old and I'm now in a part of the country where I'm openly being hit on by people. And even after they find out I'm trans, they Mm -hmm. still want to get with me. And it's really frustrating because I'm, I don't know where else to look if not to my partner. And, and I, I feel like we have to have some huge, big discussion, um, and work out all of this crazy shit. And then if I try to talk to her about it, she gets hurt because she just hears that I want to be with somebody else. And that's not the case. I just want to be fucked. Right. And, and you well want her to be the one. But right now she knows on yeah, some yeah. level that she can't mm-hmm. be that one. Not even that she can't. She doesn't probably have the desire. And that's because she can't. Yeah. You know, but does yeah. she have a therapist? Has she ever thought maybe to go seek therapy at all for her own stuff she doesn't i i I, i'm working on trying to get her to go to one because i've i've always gone you know for Mm -hmm. i had to in order to get my testosterone of course right i'm totally a prescriber to you know like therapy is great um she's more of the school of thought of if it's not broke don't fix it of course Um, people like her always are to get her to go (laughs) no but it would it would be hard and it would be really hard to get her to not only go but to open up to talking about course or anything like that you're right that's that's her issue she wants to talk right that's why she doesn't even want to have sex because she's closed Mm -hmm. off and she's a little bit you know unplugged or a lot unplugged and and that's why she's sort of not really engaging a hundred percent in certain Mm -hmm. areas of her life you know emotionally sexually and you know mm-hmm. those are big parts of a relationship she could leave you and go find somebody else but and there's not going to be a lot of people that are going to be happy with her sort of um sex drive you know it's just yeah, it's not yeah. enough you know like for real i mean unless yeah. she meets somebody that's like her but most likely she's going to get somebody else like you like we never there are no pairings of perfect people the perfect person is the person that's going to teach you what you need to and that's always a little difficult in life like that's what it's about not to say like you said on the opposite end of the spectrum not to say you have to stay with somebody that is totally abusive and playing the same scenario and you should never Mm -hmm. leave them and you have to stay with them you know like you said and i said somewhere in the middle of your girlfriend's sort of idea of just leaving someone and your idea Mm -hmm. of just sticking with it no matter what is reality and the the truth is that with your girl right now you know you've been with her three years was like have things started to go downhill now or was it always sort of not so great it started to go downhill because when we have sex it's really really good sex and we used to have it all the time and and i've asked her you know why is it slowing down and because you know at some point in most relationships you know they just keep the frequency of sex starts to drop and, um, and, and she acknowledged that. And then that's when she starts throwing out these ideas of like, well, maybe it's because I, I haven't been with a girl and I would have more sex if I was with one. And she's, 
she's just trying to come up with ideas but doesn't really know because she doesn't want to process it because it makes her uncomfortable. Um, so then I get nervous because I hear these like half thoughts and I don't understand them. Right, um, and listen, but, someone... but it, I guess it all comes back to that therapy thing. Like, I mean, it sounds like something she would, it would best be fitted to talk to a professional about because they're going to know what's needed to work through those things to open that up. Yeah, and listen, stuff like that sometimes is really bad because it plants a seed, right? And certain people's yeah, minds, yeah. I mean, forget it. If some, You know what yeah. I mean? That's the last thing you want to know is that your partner. Yeah. And, you know, listen, you said the same thing, though, on this podcast. You told me before, like, people are hitting on me and I'm not getting sex at home. So, I mean, you have that same, like, imagine she, she do you ever tell her that to her face? Like, you know, that you sort of have these other options and maybe you wonder, you yeah. know, I mean, there's always going to yeah. be that thing in a relationship. But when somebody sort of says that to somebody else, like and puts it out there, like maybe, you know, it's because like for her to say to you, like maybe it's because I've never been with a woman. Like that's like mm-hmm. poison to relationships. I think sometimes stuff like that, because yeah, maybe yeah. she doesn't even mean it. Right. And look, when you told mm-hmm. her, go fuck a girl, she's like, I don't even want to, she doesn't want to fuck anyone. You know, she probably, but Yet, you know, mm-hmm. that could make you go a little crazy in your mind to think that that's yeah. what she really wants. Right. You know, and then you finally get mm-hmm. to the point where you work on yourself so that you think you're going to let her go be with somebody else. And then she's like, oh, I don't even want to. And it's like, that's a whole yeah. mind fuck right there, you know, that yeah. you go through. And then so when you start to. You know, when these kind of issues come up and people have a hard time communicating and staying sort of um, on topic, these, uh, the, you know, people express themselves or work it out in these other ways and people sabotage by saying stupid things or maybe mm-hmm. sometimes people cheat, you know, when things. So it's just like that's what you have to be careful of in this situation. While you guys are both frustrated with the difference mm-hmm. that you guys have right now, that you guys don't sort of sabotage by saying yeah. stupid things and doing stupid things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So then I have one last question. Sure. Um, and, and I could probably, I definitely could use your advice on this. Sure. So, so um, out here um, on the West coast, there's a lot more to do. And I keep, um, I love going to gay events, right? I'm mm-hmm. always really active in the community and there's some, some like different events come across that I, I would love to go to that are different, like, um, sex workshops, you know, or like, like, um, I don't know, like they're, they're just classes given at these sex toy places and, and they're just kind of naughty and they seem like they'd be fun to go to. Mm -hmm. And, and I really want her to go with me because I think it'd be fun. Right. Um, You know, like maybe I know it'd make her uncomfortable, but I I don't know if that would be like a good thing to try to show her that it's like they're okay things to like and it's okay to admit that you like them. Like, so are you asking I me whether it, I think um, you should take her to those things? Yeah, yeah. Or do you think I should just accept that I'm the only one? No, I think you should definitely go on my own. No, first of all, you should not go on your own because then you're going to be mm-hmm. cheating on her sometime soon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. You're going to go to those yeah, sex yeah. classes? Come on. Like, forget it. Yeah. Like, then that leads yeah. to you meeting. This is how affairs start. And this, you know, like you can know yeah. you can't go alone if you want to stay with her. Yeah. If you're at the point where you're fed up with her and this relationship is going nowhere, then I'd be like, yeah, go to those classes mm-hmm. alone because I know the writing on the wall. You're going to meet somebody else. Or you're going to leave the bad yeah. relationship yeah. and whatever. But yeah. no, you should. I believe you should take her. 
push her. Mm. I, it, I think it's good to take her out of her comfort zone. What's the worst thing she's going to happen? Yeah. She's going to go and she's not going to be horny at all. Maybe it yeah. something that extreme is what she actually needs. You know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. think I think yeah. try anything you can to get her to plug mm-hmm. back in. I think she's missing out. Sex is fucking great. She's 26 years old. Like you guys should be having, yeah. like I said, a lot more sex. She might, she, it's, yeah. it might be exactly what she needs. I think you, I think that's actually a very good thing to try. Listen, if she's very anti it and it's like no fucking way and she gets really freaked out, don't go, don't go by yourself. Yeah. Don't go by yourself. Yeah. Just like let it go. But if she's kind of on the fence, I think you should push her to do it because what's the worst that's going to mm-hmm. happen? She's going to go and be like, Oh, I'm not into this. But you know, there's always yeah. a chance that she might go and she might get a little horny and she might come home yeah. and she might get, you know what I mean? That kind of shit. Everyone's attracted different ways. You know, women sometimes maybe like you said, she does, she can't just like walk in and, and get it mm-hmm. on. Right. But in those classes, yeah. there's probably going to be a lot of foreplay that a woman really needs. Like women get turned on by what they hear and what they're thinking about. And, you know, so if she's sitting there mm-hmm. for an hour in some class, it's all about sex. It might get her really fucking horny and you might have really good sex on the way home. And it might get you guys talking about other kinds of things. It might get her to try other kinds of things. So I think it's actually a really good thing, but don't go alone. Yeah. Yeah. Go with her. Yeah. That makes, that makes, perfect sense i'm really glad yeah. i'm glad that i emailed you for sure yeah i'm so glad you called i could have i like i said i feel like i went all over the place in this podcast because i had a thousand gazillion questions for you um and what i sort of thought when i first read your email is like sort of how it went down like this whole transgender thing is not like your issue it's like weird because you have this whole sort of part of you that should be super confusing and difficult and should be the conflict in your life and it's really not you for a 22 year old I have to give you credit you have that (laughs) taken care of you should be so happy you should listen to the other conversations I've had with transgender or people who are actually wanting to be who you are and they're like 55 years old and they never because they had families and they lived a double life and they never sort of you know sort of been who they they never let their freak flag fly they weren't able they were born in a different time they weren't able to really put themselves out there so you should be very happy that that's who you are and that really the only problem you have is a typical relationship problem welcome to the real world whether you're transgender straight gay whatever (laughs) it fucking sucks and that's just what relationships are difficult do you know what i mean it's just the way that it goes and you know your situation is very common you know um it's definitely something that you should try to work on for as long as you can and i think those sex classes are a good idea and i like to know Mm. how that goes yeah yeah, for sure. I, I mean, think I it could be about relationship things this time, but but if, I I love talking about sex and I have no hang up. So if you ever just want to talk about the nitty gritty, yeah, that's um, great. I, I would totally be up for that. Well, hopefully, like you and your girl start doing crazy things. Who knows? Maybe you guys will be swingers yeah. by that. You know, I yeah. who knows what happens when you yeah, go to those God. things because I think those things are going to be a lot more open minded. You know, especially yeah. in the in the gay community, I think both with lesbians and gay people, those kinds of things, you're going to meet people that are very open-minded and very sexual. And I think that you never know where, you, you know, what if you and your girlfriend turn into like the total like opposite and you guys are like doing all kinds of crazy sexual things? I'd love to hear about it. Or I don't know, yeah. something else happens. I always like to see what, you know, what twists and turns happen in people's lives. So definitely keep me posted, but I think it's a good idea and definitely do it. 
and let me know how it yeah. goes. Yeah, for sure. Well, thanks. Yeah, thanks so much for calling in, Guy. That's what you want to be called, Guy. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the day, you're just a guy with a vagina, with a girlfriend. <laughs> um, all right, so good luck and keep me posted. Yeah, will do. All right, Bye. thanks so much. Bye. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone? To anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous.